0: good afternoon everybody this is Corey hepler for the crazy monkey inc podcast i am your ever fantastic and amazing pony loving wearing host with the ever fantastic co-host jared gifford how the hell are you hey i'm doing pretty good I'm not wearing underwear
1: uh the unicorn underwear but uh you know i'm doing pretty good
0: hey there you go You no know, that's always for the next podcast Oh,
1: no, no. I've, uh, I've got my fairy
0: briefs. Yeah, there you go. That's fairly amazing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway, um,
0: we have an episode that I believe every writer should listen to, not just comic-wise, but if you're an author of any medium, whether it be newspaper, magazine, whether it be a book, a novel, a graphic mm-hmm. novel, whatever it is, this is an episode you definitely need to pay attention to because we will go over some of the some of the ups and downs and the pros and cons and in and outs of being a writer and from back in the day what you could say and what issues you could bring up and talk about versus the ones that now are very much a taboo and not so much in the taboo as the way that you can't talk about them is the fact that you have to be very tactical well, yeah. about how you talk about them because there are well, a lot of people well, so that get many, pissed off. So many off.
1: subjects. So many subjects. Is that? And I think what uh, what 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 we're trying to say is what we're trying to give the people here on this podcast is that we um, we want to give them an understanding of the challenges that the modern writer faces. Mm-hmm. That uh, that each decade. Has its own set of challenges, and that this this decade is no different. And that there's a there's 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 certain things that modern writers um, need to uh, need to know if they're going to go out there and and get into the medium of writing. Just because there are certain things that are that are that are okay to broach, and there are certain things that could end careers.
0: Now, oh, here's something interesting. What um, I was thinking, and I should have gotten to you on the episode before is I would like to go through maybe the 1950s on and uh, maybe go through um, a couple of things that you could have in your comic that... Now you couldn't. Oh, well,
1: once again, it, it, you know, it doesn't have to be a specific time period, but, yeah. but but basically something that maybe, say, writers in the past didn't have to worry about, but that writers maybe nowadays do have to worry about because of how times have changed.
0: Exactly. Now, one thing I would like to bring up is because I know it's a sort of subject, um, and it always has been, however, it is something that's been in the literary arts for basically eons since people have written, is the racism? Oh
1: yeah, exactly. Uh, well, the way well the way that race is portrayed in writing in general, um, exactly. Because the whole thing is is that in the past, um, and I like the fact that you bring this up, is <clears throat> in the past most characters, and this is the truth. Whether you know uh, you you know whether you're one side politically or not, this is the truth. It's just history. Is that in the past, typically your main heroes have been you know uh, have been white males mm-hmm. and uh um and and then most of their uh, most most of the group has been colored by uh by this sort of like uh like straight white male group mm-hmm. um and uh and then you, you yeah you had very very small amount of different ethnicities Um, the women in the stories usually were portrayed more as damsels in distress. Yeah, very subservient. Yeah, yeah, rather than, rather than equals. Um, so, um, you know, um, so, you, you know, you had that, you had a bunch of different things going, sexism, racism, um, and... And it was just kind of accepted because nobody thought it was a problem. Yeah. Um, But (coughs) these things came to light over and over the years. I mean, one of the things that is is very much a thing nowadays, and like I said, I'm not saying it's a problem. I'm just saying that just be mindful of it, is that if you're going to write a story, make sure that you have an ethnically diverse cast. The whole thing is, is that... That's real life for you mm-hmm. there's no there's no such thing in real life as a land where it's just all one race doesn't happen yeah. you know even in <clears> even <throat> in some of the more isolationist countries, there still are other races within that country um, so the whole thing is, is that uh, just 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 be mindful of that and and, uh, and there's a little thing i mean it's not really that hard to write them. The whole thing is is at the end
0: of the day we're all people, mm-hmm. so just write them as people. And the thing is, when you do write the different ethnicities, and you do write the different races, yeah. um, you have to be tactful about how you maneuver through and say certain things. Well, especially if you're getting get into some of the more ethnic stuff.
1: Because um, if you're going to do something that's ethnically specific... Um, you're going to want to do the research. Yes. And you're going to want to actually talk to people within that community so you can get a good idea of how you can uh, make these characters. Um, But but if you're going to do something that maybe is just an insight, one thing I I like to do is I like to tackle what I call universal themes. Mm -hmm. And this is stuff that anybody... If you're a human being, you can relate to it. You don't have to be a specific ethnicity. You don't have to um, be part of a specific culture. Mm -hmm. The whole thing is, is it's just something that you as a human being should be able to relate
0: to. And Um, what's interesting is mm -hmm. you take some of the timeless Mm -hmm. tropes, like, say, dealing with the loss of a loved one, Mm -hmm. um, breaking up with someone, um, tackling an extremely difficult, Mm -hmm. you know... Uh, ...object which is in your way, which you need to get through, I feel that if writers nowadays would focus on universal and unilateral topics, not only would they be more widely appropriate and more accepted... More people would be more apt to read them as well.
1: Oh, yeah. But like I said, I'm not saying that you can't do anything that's ethnically specific. Yeah. It's just that, as I said, you've got to be more careful when you're broaching something like that. Like I said, if you're doing something as, like, as I said, universal, that one... You don't really have to be quite as specific on because you're just tapping universal themes that everyone can relate to. Yeah. But if you're doing something that's ethnic, ethnically specific, if you're gonna do something like maybe say, uh, <coughs> maybe say, maybe say you're, uh, may, may, maybe say you're a white person and you're trying to write something about the Asian culture, mm-hmm. it's. Very important that you do the research on that make sure you're make sure you're getting your research right make sure you're actually talking with uh, you know t- talking with maybe uh, like if you're talking about specific asian uh countries like maybe say you want to uh maybe say like uh like what I want to do if you want to do like a like say a samurai story yeah and it, it's important that maybe you talk with people with a Japanese background
0: who might be a samurai.
1: Oh, oh. but uh, I I might have to run the disclaimer by people on that one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and, you know, I make a joke about it, but there's still people to this uh, day that who practice the samurai way. That's why I kind of make a joke about it because they haven't completely died down. They've uh-huh. just been hidden, but people still practice well, the samurai no, no, no. way. What I'm
1: saying is is uh, just basically people people who know about Japanese culture, uh-huh. who are well-versed in the subject, it's always good to listen to them because uh, the whole thing is, is that can help you that when you're writing uh, that kind of a story that you're not completely misinterpreting the Asian culture.
0: One thing that I, one author that I really, really enjoy <laughs> that not only does his research before he writes his books, mm-hmm. but while he's writing his books, he continues to do his research until it's completely done, and yeah. that's Stephen King.
1: Oh, yeah, exactly. So, so, so well, you see, well, you make a good, a good example. The whole thing is, yeah, there's, there's... The whole thing is, you're going to do something, as I said, like that. You yeah. just want to make sure you do your homework. But then, like I said, if you're doing something like maybe what I do with Darum, that's more universal... Um, kind of subjects that that anyone can relate to. Yeah. Um then then you don't have to then you don't have to dive in quite as deep. Now, it's still important that you're representing your characters in a fair way. Yes. But you don't have to be quite as specific with the with the ethnic stuff um if you are tap- tackling stuff that is universal to everyone.
0: Now when you say universal, are there some topics that you personally have tackled in darham that say when someone reads it, they could say, okay, this is something that I feel some of my family has dealt with, I have dealt with. Oh yeah,
1: well uh said so universal subjects and, and some certain things you've brought up already. One one is loss. We've all experienced loss. I don't I don't give a crap who you are We've all experienced loss somewhere. Mm-hmm. Could it could be the loss of a family member. It could be the loss of a loved pet. Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, the loss of a good friend. Yes. Um, but we've all experienced loss. Some kind of pain of something, as, of some sort. And and so we can all relate to that. Um, and, then, um, and then also another thing is, like a universal theme, is revenge. You know, the whole thing is, is whether people have gone through with it or not everyone's contemplated revenge i don't give a crap who you are you can be the nicest of the nicest people you could you know you you, you could be mr, uh, mr. or mrs goody two-shoes um and the whole thing is at some point you've thought about getting revenge on
0: somebody let me put it this way there is there are some very saintly people in the world but i can guarantee you. As we're all human and we're all flawed, we've all thought, exactly. "Gee, I hope that guy gets ran over in traffic." Exactly. At
1: one point, <laughs> at one point, where we keep thinking ourselves, "You know, I hope that person gets hit by a bus."
0: See, and that's not to say that we're horrible people, but we it, are flawed, and these are topics yeah. that need to be talked about, well, we especially get, in you think, authorism. Keyword: people. We're people. Yeah. Well, the whole thing is, everyone
1: seems to think that everyone has to be this. Perfect saintly person twenty four seven. That's never gonna happen. We're human. We're flawed. We're gonna have these things. Now, what ma- what matters is that we do better at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is as writers, that's you know, that's the whole thing. That's another subject. Revenge is a subject people are gonna relate to. Exactly. And then um, and then there's the whole subject of family. You know, mm-hmm. whether you come from a broken family or a loving family, you're still gonna relate to the issue of family.
0: And what's interesting is revenge was actually the very first topic for Stephen King's very first book, Carrie. Exactly. Which was very, very interesting because his first couple of books dealt with revenge. Firestarter, yeah. um, you had mm-hmm. Cujo, you had Pet Cemetery. You had all these. Well, you, you have you have things. It's it's hundreds and hundreds and uh, thousands even. It's it's as
1: far as we've had written language, we've had stories of this. I mean, look at the old great tragedies like you know, um, the Odyssey and the Iliad.
0: Yeah. Um, very much a revenge story. Yeah.
1: Well, and then and yeah, yeah, and then and then very much in in those whole sort of um, big epic. Banes. exactly, but but you, uh, another you got one.
0: William Shakespeare. I, I was just gonna. That was the next <laughs> thing.
1: You gotta you gotta quit getting into my head. But but you got like, William Shakespeare dealt with revenge a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, Hamlet he, Hamlet
1: is about revenge. He, Macbeth, great, yeah, his is great about tragedies. Revenge.
0: Yeah, all of his great tragedies. Came from the vein of revenge, King Lear for crying out loud. Oh yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Once again, all all about revenge. But but my favorite revenge story of his has always been to
0: this day is Macbeth. Love Macbeth. <laughs> and what's interesting is when you do these kind of stories and you hit on these veins. Not only are you as a writer um, helping people understand the topic at hand but also in a way I believe that it is our right and it is our duty as writers to not only touch on the topic of revenge but maybe kind of like a prodigal son type thing how you've done revenge for so long Mm. and now you have this come to Jesus moment excuse the expression to where you feel Mm. that you know You need to recompense for what you've done. You feel that there's a better way of doing things. So it doesn't necessarily have to be revenge, revenge, revenge. Um, Being the indicative topic as it is, coming back from something so horrid and so sinister Mm -hmm. is also something that a lot of people can relate to because a lot of people have veered off the path of good and done Mm -hmm. some very horrible things, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they can't come back into the fold of good. That's
1: the whole thing. Is that uh, a lot of people, um, you know, and th- and that's another thing. R- redemption um, is a big um, issue in some of the big epics mm-hmm. out there. The whole thing is is like, uh, you know, that that sometimes um, epically tragic figures can be <clears throat> redeemed. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's the same. And I mean, you know, uh, but uh, but basically, what you got going, and these are like once again, you the universal themes. But basically. um I work my stories in the way that uh in the way that they say that you, you should work most um most three act plays. Yeah. And that's basically in the first act you uh run your characters up a tree and the second act you throw stones at them. Yeah, you basically then, give them yeah. the obstacles as to yeah. why they're up in that tree yeah. in the first place. And then
0: Act 3
1: is when you get them
0: down from the tree. Exactly. Whether you actually get them down the tree or you chop the tree down itself, oh, you get like, them well, out well, of the well, tree. Whether it
1: ends in tragedy or it ends in victory, the whole thing is is that eventually you get them down from the tree.
0: And Macbeth is actually a very, very amazing showing of how that unfolds.
1: Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and not necessarily in a good way.
0: No, and what and what's funny is redemptions. There's a lot of redemption stories that end in a very tragic, mm-hmm. undeniably horrible way. Not necessarily that that's good, but the fact that the redemption happened—that's the thing that sticks. Exactly.
1: That's that's what it comes down to. Is 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 that, uh, is that you can is that you can sell that 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 it feels genuine and. Uh, and anyway, um, but yeah, that's what I'm saying but uh but but, there's so many themes tackled there, but but anyway, back going back to what we were talking about mm-hmm. but but those are universal <coughs> themes, and then there are ones that are more specific there are there are certain stories that uh that that will deal directly with certain issues like there are certain ones that'll deal with issues of spirituality and religion, yes, there are ones that will deal with issues of politics, there are ones that will deal with issues. Of race, issues of sex, um, classism, I- I issues of classism,
0: um, and... orson, mm-hmm. uh, orson wells, mm-hmm. uh, the farm, um, the farm, oh, farm animals, um, yes, yeah, farm animals, it dealt with classism on a very real, notable. Oh yeah, paradigm.
1: Interestingly enough, it was yeah, it was in the guise of a uh, it was in the guise of, of 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 a children's story, but yeah, pretty much it, it it very much dealt with the with the issue of classism. Yeah, I love yeah, I love you bringing that George Orwell. I mean, and, and another great one that he's done, and and interesting
0: enough, it parallels nowadays. Is 1984. You know, you need to stop getting into my head because I was yeah. literally just going to bring up 1984. Yeah, <laughs> so they're both amazing literary yeah. pieces of art. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. And <clears throat> one them, that's
1: one. You know, that's where you get a lot of these whole things. You know, where the government is watching you and Big Brother, and you know, um, got that paranoid conspiracy. To, you have to watch what you think and watch what you say and watch what you do. Yeah. Because um, it's
0: being recorded somewhere. Yeah, well, no, because they're wa- well, because they're always watching you. Yeah, it's like that Rockefeller song. Yeah. It feels like someone's always watching me. Oh, wow. <laughs> well,
1: here's a, well, here's a twist. Yeah. Because of um, camera phones and uh, iPhones and everything, anything you say or do will be used against you on social media
0: exactly exactly and uh, you make a very good point because as beforehand yeah,
1: so is already here
0: uh, yeah once it, it, again
1: de, uh, de, uh, de, uh, Derek gifford
0: ladies and gentlemen that's right he makes a very good point because back in the day we didn't have a whole lot of trackable things except for like the phone wiretapping and stuff like that now uh-huh. you, you have the phones to where they're literally incriminating pieces of evidence as much as you want to not say it is the well, paranoia is real, well, people. <laughs> here's, here's the difference: you really have to watch what you say, and this is yeah. actually very important because it can
1: ruin careers. Here's the whole thing, and, and I've seen it many, many times. the The thing is, is that twenty to thirty years ago, you could you can say and do a lot of crap. I mean, not that not that I'm saying it's acceptable, but you could say and do a lot of crap that was never recorded, um, and um, and get away with it. Nowadays, nowadays, you can actually lose
0: your career based on a horrid tweet that you made. And it, ver- I don't mean to bring up the politics, but if you mm-hmm. look into the case of Brett Kavanaugh, just to throw out the most recent one of all. Mm-hmm. Um a, you a, agree a par- with them or you don't. Yeah. A party can go, you know, completely twisted in different ways. And I'm not saying I'm for or against... How that panned out. I'm saying that you really do have to watch. Yeah, you really do have to watch what you say, what you do, how you carry yourself, because people are watching regardless of whether you like it or not. I want
1: to bring. I want to bring this up. Um, And once again, I'm not saying I'm siding with anyone pro, pro Mm -hmm. or against. I'm using this as a talking point. Yeah. Um, Look at what happened with James Gunn. Uh James Gunn, he was directing the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Somebody trudges up a um a a tweet he made ten years prior. hmm And it it was a really bad tasteless joke. Yeah. Um and um once again, not for or against it um but what ended up happening was he got uh, in the end because of what was said he got fired off of Guardians of the Galaxy
0: exactly and, and it tri- so, and yeah. it brought up all this mass emotion the yeah. media went fricking nuts but
1: but it was something that happened yeah and so and so the only advice i'm giving right here to use these things as parallels is that um is that you just want nowadays, especially with how people record social media I mean, yes people can trudge up things that you said you know ten fifteen years ago that at the time you thought was funny, but nowadays uh but by nowadays standards can be very hateful because feelings. um well no once again i'm not gonna I'm not gonna go for or against that once again, just using this as a talking point yeah. but uh, but i would I do want to say this just be careful what you say you know for uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna be in the public eye remember that they're going to be trudging up stuff from your past that even you don't remember
0: and what's interesting to parallel that with your writing when you are writing if you want to tackle a subject that's a little more taboo than yeah. say the normal humdrum topic yeah like we've said before in this podcast not only do your research but when you decide to bring these topics up do it in a way that is still you but that it's going to not bring a bad light to you at the end of the day
1: yeah once again you have to um um uh, to use an old term you have to, you have to cover your ass mm-hmm. um the thing is is you have to make sure that um that everything you say cannot be misconstrued at some point. Now, here's the whole thing. Yes, obviously there are always going to be people out there who are going to misinterpret what you say. However, um, what you want to do is at least uh, word it well enough in the way that even if somebody was to say, bring it up in court, Mm -hmm. um, there's no way it can be used against you.
0: The misconstruism of words, especially in the literary arts, is very much um, on a legal chopping block. And Mm -hmm. when you realize that, you tend to write more carefully and Mm -hmm. the topics that you choose to write about, not only are they ones that aren't going to, quote-unquote, offend anybody. Yeah. But there are also going to be topics that you can still talk about, but it's not going to piss anybody off, and it's not going to leave you in a corner thinking, okay, I can't write anymore because well, well, I can't write well, about what? the topic I want well, to.
1: Well, and I do know what you mean. Uh, I know what you mean, but what I'm saying is you're always going to piss somebody off. Well, yeah. You're always going to piss somebody off, but at least at least, what you can do is that you are protected legally, that that no matter who misconstrues your work, you're still protected legally. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to make sure that that no matter what you've said it can't be basically uh, it can't be basically turned around to basically say oh hey look this person supports violence or this person supports prejudice or this person supports um like uh the the belittling of someone you know the the whole thing is is that um if you've covered all your bases mm-hmm. that won't even be an issue the whole thing is, is like, yeah, you know, you're gonna have your occasional crackpots or, or, or angry person or fanatic, or, or fanatic exactly, who's gonna come up and and accuse you of something horrible. But once again, if you've got your bases covered, the thing is, is they're never gonna have any legs to stand on.
0: One thing that um, I try to do, even when I write my tax cab Joe comic, is. I realize that it is extremely violent. I realize that Mm -hmm. it um, has to do with topics of, say, some of my characters are bisexual. Um, Some of my characters are lesbians. Um, Some of my characters are aliens from a different planet. Mm -hmm. The the thing is, I don't try to paint them in a light to where it's a horrible thing.
1: Oh, yeah. You, You basically try to paint it. I mean... And this is one of the things I, I, I got to at least give you credit for in, in the universe you've created, is that basically you treat it like it's always been there. Mm-hmm. Like like it's not this new thing that was introduced. That it's, that it's pretty much something that's always been a part of that universe. Yeah. And that that's nothing weird or shocking.
0: And I do that because, and not to make it seem like it's a normalcy, but also to show that... I'm a non-biased person who will talk anybody's ear off about any topic. No topic scares me. And I feel that that's the reason Mm -hmm. I write the way I do is because if someone has a problem with how I write, well, bring it up. Tell me why you didn't like my comic. I will gladly discuss it with you. I'm not going to argue with you for any point, mind or reason, but definitely Mm -hmm. hear what you have to say.
1: Exactly, and the whole thing is is that uh and I want people to know that that uh, both of us we're 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 willing to hear um thoughts about our work mm-hmm. um here's here's where we draw the line though is that we're totally willing to hear thoughts about our work and we're even totally willing to maybe hear a suggestion or two but if we uh, it, 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 but, but I, we will never give in to demands if someone demands. Uh That we change our work. It's like, you know, I know I'm not going to do it. Because here's the whole thing. It's my work. I created the universe. If you don't like it, well, then it's not for you.
0: And here's one thing that I won't... No, I don't go...
1: No, hold on. I I, I just want to get this real quick. Now, I don't go out of my way to offend. Mm -hmm. I do not go out of my way to do that. But at the same time,
0: if my work is not for you, well, then there are plenty of other works out there that are for you. And you make a really good point because... um, One book I like to bring up, because not only was it very much of its time, but it also tackles the topic that we are discussing right now. Ray Bradbury's Fahrenheit 451. Oh, yes. Fahrenheit 451, yes. Now, with them, they wanted to not only make it so that, and this is how I took it, is that the knowledge couldn't be gained any more than that specific class was going to let the other classes have. But also, yeah. one piece of thing that I took from it was they didn't want people to um, be offended by anything. They didn't want people to, you know, have an opinion either way other than what the well, be, well, what the upper class had uh, opinion it was, of.
1: It was going off the... Um uh, to make it simple, it was going off the old saying of ignorance is bliss. hmm Basically, they basically thought by getting rid of the knowledge of the world that they were basically doing mankind a service because they were basically keeping them happy and innocent. Exactly. Um, not realizing that what they were doing was they were stripping away precious, precious knowledge mm-hmm. from these people.
0: And not to... Um... Not to give any spoilers, but one of the main characters, he gets a book out that's been kind of burned, kind of charred, but not. And he hides it away for himself and he reads it. And he realizes that what he's been participating in, because he was one of the ones who was issued to throw the books in there and burn them, Mm -hmm. is the fact that they were wrong. Yeah, basically what
1: they were doing was they were destroying precious knowledge, Mm -hmm. and he ended up realizing that. It's kind of like um, it reminds me of the movie uh, Soylent Green with yes. uh, with, with uh, Charlton Heston. Mm, Soylent and, Green. Yeah, but uh, but, but remember, uh, and spoiler alert for those who've never seen the movie. But anyway, remember when he finally finds out that Soylent Green is actually made from their dead. Yeah, that it's made from people. Mm-hmm. You know, he he has this horrid knowledge. But the problem is, is that after he finds out about it, then people are seeking to kill him because they do not want that knowledge getting out.
0: Exactly. Um, that also brings up the um, topic of when you are doing a topic that you love and you really, really enjoy. Say, mm-hmm. we do sci-fi. Yeah, Exactly. Do as oh, uh, much research as possible about your sci-fi, because yeah. with it being sci-fi, I mean, you can be pretty out there with your sci-fi. However, we still have some reins there, in the, the sci-fi it, well, community. Well, well,
1: well, what I'm saying is, <laughs> well, not to necessarily say that we're hemming anybody in, mm-hmm. but basically it's a good idea to have a reference point. Yes. Um... One of my reference points with Darrum is, and I talk about this frequently, the Lige Masamoto universe, and then also the Flash Gordon universe, and and, and, and Buck Rogers and, and the like. Basically, classic sci-fi intermixed with Jap- with uh, with Japanese space opera. Exactly. Um, that's the template for Darrum, and that's where you get that. Um, so it's good that I've studied that. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing as like if you're gonna do if if you want to do like an epic Dune like sci-fi, it's essential that you read the Dune
0: books. Now, on that topic, if you have not read the Dune series, either slap yourself or go and pick it up from Barnes & Noble or Borders or your library because, I kid you not, Dune is a fantastic universe Mm -hmm. which was spun so well that it... Introduced so many different intricacies into the scientific community as a writing whole, mm. that is revered as one of the most epic sci-fi well, series. Well, in fact, a, to lot date. Of the, a
1: lot of the stuff they even have in modern sci-fi is 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 derivative of Dune.
0: Mm-hmm. In fact, a lot of sci-fi's that you have now, oh, they're. Uh, praise to what Dune brought out, because yeah. Dune pushed a lot of sci-fi boundaries.
1: Exactly, and, and that's the whole thing. And But Frank Herbert did his research. The whole thing was, exactly. was that uh, he he had a good enough knowledge of the universe he was creating, and in fact he even created uh, and, and, I, and I know this because it's in the book, but it's like uh, he even created a whole entire index of stuff, just in case uh you didn't understand what he was talking about in his novel mm-hmm. you, you, um he you had reference points that you could go back and like and then read this whole sort of um index of all the stuff that was in the universe and what it meant and and what it was supposed to be about or what what
0: what certain kinds of technologies did and how they were used see and that's really cool because he almost um what he does is he chronologizes um the key points in his -hmm. series so that when you're reading it it's kind of like a bit kind of like a bibliography for an for an Mm -hmm. appendix to where you can go and you can see okay he was talking about this this is what it is okay now next time I come across this in the Dune series I'll Mm -hmm. know what I'm reading and I really really enjoy authors that do that because Mm -hmm. not only did he do that but Tolkien did that as well in his yeah. Lord of the Rings series. And if you know Lord of the Rings, if you know Jared and I, we are huge, huge fans of Lord of the Rings.
1: Oh, yeah, Lord of the Rings is freaking awesome. I mean, the whole thing is like... A- um, and, and I, I think I mentioned this in the last podcast, but, yes. uh, but the thing is, like, my dad, when I was a kid, the thing is, some of the epic stories I know my dad introduced, my dad had introduced me to, he was the one who got me into the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings books, mm-hmm. he was the one who got me into the Dune series, because he was reading the epic stuff like that, he was reading the epic sci-fi and the epic fantasy, Yeah. um, and, uh, and then, uh, you know, um, but then, uh. So, 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 anyway, yeah, so that was inevitable that I was going to like mm-hmm. that stuff, too. Um, but either way, um, back to what I was talking about. Um, but, yeah, um, uh, I want to get back to the original point. Mm-hmm. Is, that, um, is that, yeah, so whatever type of, uh, like, like in this case, as you said, we, we do sci-fi. So, if you are going to do sci-fi, just know what kind you're doing. The whole thing is, is like, you want to establish certain things right away like like what kind of sci-fi are you writing is it going to mm-hmm. be action adventure sci-fi is it going to be like a space opera is it going to be like more um is it going to be more like of uh, the heavy science fiction where it's basically emphasizes the science over the yeah. fiction mm-hmm. um like are you going to be doing like like, like another good person in that one is like Isaac Asimov. Isaac yes. Asimov is like a... Is, oh, I mean, he's a fucking he, genius. He is, but but also, <laughs> remember, you notice, his books are very, very, very technical. Mm-hmm. So here's the whole thing. If you do not like wordy books, do not buy Isaac Asimov because he has like the most
0: technical explanations of scientific technology. And the best part about Isaac Asimov is the fact that he is so technical so that you can't misconstrue what you read he basically lays it out there for you and i you know some people like wordy books some people don't (laughs) i love the fact that isaac asimov is so wordy and so technical because at the end of the book you're like holy shit not only did i read an amazing story i got some pretty freaking good knowledge well um, basically it's what
1: they call hard science fiction um The thing is um isaac asimov uh, probably would would have gotten well uh, in fact he actually did i think uh, but isaac asimov uh, is he's very much um on par with guys like Gene Roddenberry because Gene Roddenberry did the same thing with Star Trek. Yeah. Um, very much hard sci-fi. They emphasize the science over the fiction. But then, there are people who do more of the opposite, you know? I mean, I'll have to say that uh, mine is actually more of the opposite. I emphasize more of the fiction over the science. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Science does play a role in mine because, obviously, they have these this high tech technology. Mm-hmm. But... My, my, the way, the way I write it is, is more on par with, say, how George Lucas did with Star Wars, how Alex Raymond did with Flash Gordon. Yeah. That the, the science that they use is just a tool. Mm -hmm. You don't need to know how it works, you just know that it does. Um, and, uh, you, you, it's there to basically just kind of serve the story. It's not, you know, it's not like the, the whole thing is, is it's basically just your, your big epic fantasy story Mm -hmm. with, uh, with basically a sci-fi twist to it. Um, but once again, that's the, uh, in, in my case it's just more, uh, it's more essential that you probably, um, study up on tragic themes like Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And In like, and, and this case, is like I said, I, I read a lot of uh, Lee J. stuff and watched a lot of the animes that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, read a lot of Flash Gordon, a lot of Buck Rogers. That that was how I prepared for doing um, and, um But then, if you were going to, say, do something that was very, very heavy on the technological aspect and that the technology actually played a pivotal role in the story that's definitely when you probably want to do a lot of research onto technology how it works Mm -hmm. um how certain components and what they can do and maybe what the potentials of science in the future can be um you, you probably want to study some of the some of the big scientists of of yesteryear, some of the big scientists of today, some mm-hmm. you know, some of the up and coming ones. Um that's when you want to do a lot of the heavy research into the technological aspect of it. But as I said, but that's only if you're doing hard sci-fi. True. Um if you're doing more of an action-adventure thing, it's actually better if you study more of the action-adventure end of it. Yes. And that's, and that's <coughs> studying more people who have done a lot of the big action-adventure stories.
0: Speaking of sci-fi... Yeah. You know what we haven't done yet? What is it? You guys know that Jared writes Darem Captain of the Stars, right?
1: <laughs> oh, yes, we haven't done our endorsement yet. <laughs> okay, well, uh, you know... But, hey, perfect time to jump right in with this one. Um, but, yeah, while we're talking about this, what I want to know, You both Corey and I have some awesome sci-fi books. Um, two different versions of sci-fi, but still, nonetheless, any a, a, any less exciting. Um, you know, Corey writes The Adventures of Taxicab Joe. His is definitely uh, more mature, more on the... Um, more, I'd say, on the R rating
0: of sci-fi. Yeah. Um, and I mean, hey, there's a mature logo right on the book. Yeah. Um, if, you but, buy, if you buy it for your kid and he sees boobies and you get all pissed off, that's your problem.
1: Yeah, because uh, he's already <laughs> got the mature logo on there, so you should know what that <laughs> means. Um, but anyway, but but Corey's good in this regard, and I'll give him a, a glowing endorsement here. Is If you are a huge fan of... Of, of of action movies, if you're a huge fan of like um, of, of exploitation films, um, if you're a if you're a huge fan of of just like like in your face gritty action, um, you're gonna love the Adventures of Taxi Cab Joe because that's all it is. Think of it as you think of it as 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 a hard R action film. That's what Taxi Cab Joe is. Well, thank you. Uh,
0: now, uh, with Jared's Darum, mm-hmm. not only when you get it are you reading a fantastic space opera that is just out of this world, pun intended, because we're talking about space, but it is also something of a story that hits to the heart of a lot of topics that people can relate to, and he's just a really amazing writer, and you need to get his book.
1: <laughs> just, get the, you, thank, just get thank, the damn thing. Yeah, th- thank you for that glowing endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yes, this is, but thank you very much.
0: Now, you um, know what we haven't talked about? What is that? Where the hell can these guys get these books?
1: Ah, yeah, see? That's where I was, my next thing was going to be, <laughs> is, that, uh, is that, yes, please, check out our books, read them. You can find them all at crazymonkeyink.com, and that's ink with an I-N-K. Um, and, uh, you can che- check them out there. Digital copies are $1.50. Print copies are 5 Um, and, uh, y- um, you know, ch- please check out our other various titles there. We have a whole bunch for everybody. Yes. We've got an all-adult line. We've got an all-ages line. So there's something for everybody. And, uh, um, you know, we've got various great titles coming out pretty soon.
0: Monsters um, on the Run 3. Yes. Was really close to being.
1: Well, actually, uh, well, um, the uh, if if any any of you who are there, he actually had made some um, specific for the um for the free comic book day we had in October. Um, I was privy uh, to actually be able to. I, I was fortunate enough to be able to get a copy of Monsters on the Run number three.
0: So was I. This yeah. is this is what happens when you're in the indie community. You kind of get. Yeah. You're going to get your uh, preview perks, is well, what I like well, to call, call them. Accept,
1: but, but, um, but for those who weren't able to make it, uh, Mark Swan had actually printed out some copies of Monsters the Run number 3 specific for the free comic book day in October. Yes. And uh, there were some lucky fans who were able to go and get some. You know, uh, Corey and I were two of those lucky fans. This is true. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, and anyway, uh, but yes, he he will be releasing um on the website pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um and um, I know that um that uh that that Tony Clapper has finally started uh, mailing out the rewards for Five Star Number Two. Yes. Um and and that is also um. Uh, Uh, and that is also going to be available very soon. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, Mm-hmm. Furious. uh, I was going to say, Caden Slark is Furious, uh, Brian Jail glasses title with us. And once again, I want to reemphasize that we are so very proud to have him with us at Crazy Monkey Inc. Both Corey and I are big fans of the guy. Yes. Um... You know, and if you haven't checked out Brian J.L. Glasses, stuff, please check out his stuff. I mean, I would suggest read his original run of Furious from Dark Horse. Really awesome. Great way to gear up from the new series coming up. Uh-huh. Um, read his Mice Templar stuff. Mice Templar is just so freaking awesome. I mean, if you love sword and sorcery fantasy, um, you're going to totally love Mice Templar. It's, yes. it's just... it's. <clears throat> um, you know, think of, like, Sacred and Nim*, but with a lot more magic. <laughs> and a lot more mice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and anyway, uh, yeah, please check those out. And then, like I said, uh, Cadence fierce will be, it's being worked on as we speak. Uh, you know, it's coming along nicely. Mm-hmm. Some of the new images from Samir Samal just look amazing. Yes. And, 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 and Samir Samal is doing an excellent job of of putting his own stamp on the series but also homaging what victor santos did with the previous series
0: this is very true now um in december yeah you'll want to know this bookmark this bitch you'll (laughs) be able to get the very first issue of sexy zombie hunters Oh, yes,
1: I was actually just going to bring that up, is that uh, I I know you got some announcements yourself of some things that are coming up.
0: And also, Taxi Cab Joe number two will be released in February of next year. Nice. See, that'll be awesome. Uh, You
1: just, uh, see, uh, they only have to wait two months just for your next title. That's so freaking great. I mean, you know, you got Sexy Zombie Hunters coming out in December. And then two months after that, bam, Taxi Cab Joe number two.
0: <laughs> and I'm gearing up for a summer, an early summer release of mm-hmm. Taxi Cab Joe number three. Oh,
1: awesome! And uh, I, w- I would, I like would also like to make an announcement myself that, have uh, that it? we will be uh, that the the wonderful um, the wonderful uh, uh, T- uh, Tone Rodriguez uh, poster that we have of uh, uh, the promotional poster for Darren number four is going to be lettered and colored very soon. Yes. Um, you know, and then we're going to have that one, and then also the alternate Samir Samal cover for Darum number 4 is also going to be available as a poster print as well very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, both of those will <clears throat> be available on the website that we mentioned before, crazymonkeyink.com. Yes. Ink with a K. Um, and then uh, please, uh, you know, and then also my time to endorse the podcast – this podcast here, you can get on so many platforms. I am um, always
0: forgetting most of them, so why don't you tell them all the platforms they can hear our podcast on. You can hear it on Sticker Podcast. You can hear it on CastBox. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Spotify, big one. Yeah. We're introducing some, some technical difficulties with Spotify, but we're going to figure that out. Not all the episodes are on it, but I am going to be getting... On top of that, and trying to figure all that uh, yeah, bullshit out.
1: Certain, uh, just, just so those, those of you know, there are certain platforms that we're having some trouble. Some of our episodes, for some odd reason, didn't get uploaded. Um, so for those of you who are wondering whether there are big gaps in, uh, in, in the podcast, we're experiencing some technical difficulties, as Corey said. We're working on that, mm-hmm. and we're going to try to see if we can re-upload them, and that they'll be available on platforms like spotify
0: now if you can't get them to upload for whatever reason you can get the app that i have called anchor on either ios or on android and ipod Mm -hmm. and you can get it for free and then you can type in crazy monkey inc podcast and you can get all of the episodes on there and Mm -hmm. the app doesn't take up a whole lot of storage on your phone it's completely free no bugs and you can find all of our episodes on there. New news, anything we got going on. So, if you want bypass loophole to bypass Leupold, where you can find all of the episodes, you can get mm-hmm. the Anchor Podcast. It's like I said again, it's free. There's a whole bunch of other different podcasts that you can listen to besides ours. We want you to listen to ours, but there are others.
1: Uh, uh, but, 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 no, but, but definitely, uh, but no, but yeah, please check us out, check out the other ones. And once again, uh, I always want to emphasize this, please spread the word. Yes. The whole thing is, as I tell this to a lot of people, yeah, yeah, please, do this as well. Do share us on social media, share, share us on Facebook, share us on Twitter, share us on Instagram, share us on whatever social media platform you have, uh, even if it's a Snapchat or whatever. Yeah. The whole thing is, is yeah, go ahead and share us there, but... But it's really important. I still emphasize this. Word of mouth is still very important. Word of mouth, in in fact, I would say is still more important than than the social media. Social media is still great. And please, still share us on this. Yes. But uh, but word of mouth is still so very important. I mean, I, I, I can't tell you. I mean, I know more, uh, more often than not, many, many of the suggestions that I take and many suggestions of things that I will listen to or watch or kind of um, get into... Um, are usually based on a suggestion from either a loved one or a friend.
0: Now, segueing from that, now that we've gotten all that wonderful information out of the way, mm-hmm. thank you for listening. Yeah. It's time for book recommendations, damn it. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's about that time, isn't and it? And I want you to go first this yeah. time, because I'm pretty damn sure that I went last time.
1: Okay. Well, um... I am actually going to recommend another book I got recently. Just just give me one second, I have to go and look through my archives. So, one minute Jeopardy music, if you please.
0: <laughs> okay. I am back. Because that's not annoying. <laughs> I am going to suggest
1: um, The Orc King from R.A. Salvatore. Oh. This is my novel recommendation. Um, this is um, another great story about the, uh, about the Dark Elf Drist. Um, and I'm probably mispronouncing it, but this is just the way that I read it when I was reading the book. Um, and uh, and uh, once again, I've only just barely started getting into it, so I can't tell you um, completely what it's about, but all I can tell you is that anything with this character... ...is always very good. hmm And I always highly recommend it. Um, uh, many of his stories are great. He's a... Uh, what I like about the way he makes this character... ...is that he plays him against type. Because most Dark Elves are supposed to be these evil beings... ...who do all these horribly evil and cruel things... ...because of their worship of their Dark God. Yeah. Um, Drist is actually a Dark Elf who's actually a good guy. He's actually a hero... Um, and he uh, and I like that because he plays against type, mm-hmm. and, and I've always kind of liked characters like that. Characters that that you don't really know what to expect from them because because they're not what you would think of as the typical mold for that character. Yeah. Um. And I like that. And and uh, exactly. So. Um. But yeah, this is my book recommendation, and then uh, this one. Um. Uh, This, uh, this one, uh, let's see, um, uh, this book in particular is actually part of a, um, a a series of books. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it's called, uh, Transitions Part 1. Yeah. Um, but anyway, but, but, uh, just, let me, uh, just let me put it this way, just, just, any pick up any book that's featuring this character. You won't be you won't be disappointed. Um you won't be too lost unless it's part of maybe a grander, larger story. But most books you pick up with this character are usually very good. And like I said, I can't recommend this author enough. R. A. Salvatore, um, in my opinion, one of the best fantasy writers out there. Yay. Yes. yes. Alright, and now it's time for me to get into my comic book recommendations. Um, in my comic book recommendations, um, I know I've probably suggested this before, but it's just such a good series, and I've just really been getting into it and loving it uh, again, but, uh, so, hell, I um, don't mind resuggesting it. Um, Usagi Ujimbo. Mm-hmm. Usagi Ujimbo is such a good comic book series. It's, um it it's like it's like it takes anthropomorphic animals but it ta- puts them in sort of like an old classic samurai movie scenario and uh what i and, and you know and what i love about it is it feels like an old samurai movie it, it 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 a lot of the stories are like that. It's so funny, and the way these things look, you'd think it would be like Disney esque, mm-hmm. but no, no. I mean, he's full on killing people. There's you know these like a, you know people are uh, people are getting their heads cut off. You know people are getting stabbed. Uh, you know it's like a, it's like this is not a kiddie book. No. Um. And that's what's so funny is the way these look because. The way Stan Sakai draws the Usagi Ujimbo characters is they look very much like Disney-esque
0: characters, but then they're killing each other. <laughs> you know, it's it's like if Sebastian and Flounder decide to go at it. Uh, yeah, or or it'd be, it'd be like it'd be like, you know it'd be like a, uh, um you know it'd be
1: like if uh freaking um if if uh, if, if uh, the prince in Snow White had actually. Freaking cut the witch's head off exactly <laughs> then they got with all the dwarves uh, anyway, but yeah that's that's my novel suggestion and my um, comic book suggestion. Uh, what about you?
0: All righty then um book suggestion it's going to be another Stephen King one because I just like Stephen King. Um, big suggestion is the book insomnia. And the reason I love Insomnia is because it talks about a man who has lost his wife due to an illness. And then he rapidly starts to lose sleep. And what's interesting is the hallucinations that this guy has throughout the entire rest of the book because he just can't sleep anymore. Yeah. Not only are they horrific in a way that Stephen King only knows how to write, but they're actually kind of funny. Oh, wow. Because he, he hallucinates that he sees these doctors and he has full-on conversations with these mm-hmm. doctors that are clearly not there. And it's just such an interesting delve into the psyche of what happens when someone just can't sleep anymore, and it's like a completely different, you know, horrific universe. The you
1: thing know that does kind of remind me of is *A uh, Beautiful Mind. Mm-hmm. It got it in that. But I'm not going to go too much into that because I realize that we're, we're pressed for time.
0: No, you're good. But it did remind
1: me of that. Is yeah. That basically, someone kind of lost in their head, and they're talking with people who are clearly not there, but
0: they're having intelligent conversation with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, So that is my book recommendation, and I'll always recommend Stephen King, because to to me, he's like the god of horror. Well, he's the king of horror, pun intended, because it's Stephen King. But you guys know what I mean. Um, With comic recommendations, I haven't yet read this comic. However, I'm still going to recommend it because it's on my list to get. The new Rat Queens is going to be coming out, hopefully Next year within like February or March-ish, and if you've heard any of my rantings about rat queens and how amazing they are, mm-hmm. it's it's a misfit group of yeah. four female bandits that are from this town called Palisade. And they're issued to basically go out different quests, kill orcs, dragons, kill um other bounty hunters who are being dicks in the in the In the series, and they're just so damn funny, and you just have to get this series because it's interesting, it's drawn very well, it's a mature title, so... If you're not into, like, boobs and things getting cut off, blood and guts and, you know, stuff like that. This, sorcery. Is, this,
1: is a, this is a mature fantasy. This is not a kiddie fantasy. So
0: please don't get this for your 13-year-old unless you want him to constantly be in the bathroom and wonder where all your toilet paper went.
1: <laughs> or or where, where's that missing sock?
0: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway... um. So those are my two recommendations. As always, Jared, it's been fantastic to have you. You bring mm-hmm. light and knowledge to a lot of things that we talk about oh, and yeah. I really enjoy having oh, you. Oh yeah, on this exactly.
1: Show. And and then uh, you know, uh, and I've I've always been glad to be a part of this show and I'm glad that we do this together. And then you know, like I said, and and uh, I I always appreciate when we talk about these things and uh, I'm pretty sure the audience appreciates when we give them advice about these certain things because I'm pretty sure there're a lot of you know uh, writers out there who uh who wonder about like how they get into these kind of things and you know uh, what the steps are so. yeah
0: well um as always do yourself a favor have a fantastic rest of the week tell someone that you love them tell someone that they're important and that they're worth it in your life and also as always www.crazymonkeyinkwithak.com is where you can get our comics. Check us out. Throw our name out to your neighbor, your girlfriend, your ex-girlfriend. I don't care if she hates you. Tell her anyway. (laughs) Um, And just spread our love of comics and our love of adventure. And we will see you on the next podcast. Have an amazing week.